Remember, you can get in touch with our fearsome foursome by emailing clubdubpodcast at mail.com and through Twitter using the hashtag at clubdubpodcast. Welcome to the Club Dub Football Podcast. Where the only question is Does your team make it into the club? Can he get in? No, he cannot! Hi, gents. Hello. Hi, Rob. So, welcome back to another action packed pod. And this time we do a topic we have never ventured near before, but it feels both timely and a bit of a public service to other NFL fans. We're going to pick our NFL fantasy football keepers and sleepers. So for those of you lucky enough to be towards the top of your NFL drafts, we're going to give you the players we think are the locks at those key fantasy positions. And also, if you find yourself lower down, who are those value picks who can maybe help keep your fantasy dream alive? So the positions we're going to be rattling through for our listenership out there are quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, with a few other honourable mentions along the way. But gentlemen, do you all feel ready to throw out, firstly, the king of NFL positions? We're going to start, I think, at quarterback. So in terms of the quarterback position, we're not necessarily talking about the best in the NFL, but those people who can help with your points Hall, and although this is going to be a bit of a round robin and open forum, it kind of feels that tradition dictates, Aldrin, that I throw over to you. So kick us off with who you think is your NFL quarterback fantasy lock. Uh, well, I think the the obvious one for me is Josh Allen. I think he seems like the the biggest lock in the league for this year. I know you'd maybe say Lamar Jackson but for me it's Allen I think his passing numbers are so much better as well so I think that puts him up and over the top I don't know what everybody else thinks but he'd be my guy if I was picking number one I I know that we have we have on occasion on this podcast picked up on my tendency to uh, not be able to pronounce names and words correctly but Josh Allen Josh Allen Josh Allen Josh Allen no 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 Josh <laughs> Allen and Lamar Jackson are very weird ways of pronouncing Patrick Mahomes Oh, how how is, did no, how is Patrick Mahomes Throwing not the clear and obvious choice for this I don't know I, mean, I, just I, think, I, I I don't disagree like num like passing numbers wise is great I just think Josh Allen adds that little bit more of like running yards per game you know, that's where it's at. And I think he's got more like, I don't know, more touchdowns in him personally. I think it all depends right. on where you're drafting, to be honest. I mean, if we look at Patrick Mahomes has probably got more weapons around him. So you, you think he's probably going to get more, more passing touchdowns, I would say. Like, I think the, the Chiefs have still got a lot more firepower than, than someone like the Bills. But Alan, I think Alan would be my QB two behind Mahomes at QB one. But but it depends where you draft. You know, if you're taking, if you've got an early pick and you want to go running back, you know, and get one of those top five guys off the board early, then by the time it gets to you in round two, you probably assume that that Mahomes is already off the board. In which case, then I think you know Alan's that guy to then take. Um, but throwing another one in the mix, you know, you, you talk about. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Mahomes is, is obviously a standout one that we've mentioned. I think, you know, Kyler Murray is a good shout as well. 
Um, if you look at what the Cardinals have done in terms of adding adding to his kind of uh, his his weaponry in, in the off season, um, picking up AJ Green, who by all accounts is is having a really good camp. Um, Rondale Moore as well, I think is. Yeah showing up well in the preseason and I think he might actually compete for a lot of snaps this year as well so um and then you've got the feet on Kyler Murray as well just like you do with Lamar Jackson you know he's an excellent runner I think he probably he was a high scorer last year and I think he probably would have scored even more had he not had to contend with some of those injuries so you know if you ask me definitely now would the Cardinals win their division and are the Cardinals definitely going to make the playoffs I, I wouldn't be able to to definitely say yes to that. But I think is Kyler Murray going to be a top five quarterback in fantasy football? I think absolutely. Yeah, see, for me, the the difference, I mean, if you were saying to me best quarterback in the NFL, the Mahomes, the, the Josh Allen conversation can happen there for me. I think I'm with you, Phil. You've got to think about which teams can only win by going through their quarterback. And I think Lamar Jackson is the one you immediately think of. You know, yeah. you take away both of his dimensions. The Ravens haven't got much of a plan B while he's on the field. You know, it's all going to go through him. Kyler Murray is another. And although we're going to go on to sleepers, so those picks maybe, you know, once 15 or 20 quarterbacks are are off the board, I think there's an interesting middle ground, which is probably the Dak Prescott conversation, because he's the other one. You know, if we imagine he's fit and healthy, he, he has the potential to throw up crazy fantasy numbers. But yeah, for me, it's just those dual threat guys that edge out the pure passers. I'd say my number one pick would, do you know what, Phil? I I kind of, I don't want to do the Cardinals thing, but I kind of think Kyler Murray is a pretty good shout. Lamar Jackson would would probably be my number two. So in terms of... I just want to circle circle to the fact that you're saying that Dak Prescott would be outside your top 15 picks. Well, I mean, I I think think if you you were to go fantasy, fantasy quarterbacks, I can see him being picked somewhere between 11 to 15 when you look at the quarterbacks that will be available i think if you imagine josh allen lamar jackson patrick Mahomes, or are you talking in in terms of quarterbacks left on the fantasy draft board here so that is that is bonkers gone i think in every I, i think i've done five drafts so far maybe six and he's gone at the the lowest i think qb6 in every one of them see i can see a bit of it so I mean, I think there's players ahead of him. I think if if you think that we just named five other quarterbacks, I'd put all of them ahead of Dak Prescott. But I think you've um, got to look at the talent around him as well. You know, they, again, yeah. they've got a good receiving core. They've got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, you know. I, I think... It's just how much game time he misses, though, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. loads of lingering ask, stuff. So yeah. If you ask this at the start of the, start of the off-season or the start of the pre-season, um, then I think it would probably be, you know, I think you'd be crazy, but having watched, you know, the first episode of Hard Knocks and, and knowing all about his shoulder injury and stuff like that, I think that obviously does knock his value because you you just don't know um, how much game time he's going to get. And similar with Carson Wentz, I think, you know, I feel like Carson Wentz might have gone higher yeah, or may go higher if he didn't have the, the kind of injury issues surrounding him because people are a little bit wary of someone that, you know, they don't know when they're going to be able to slot him in the lineup. Yeah. Well, let me give you another one then before we get on to sleepers, these these kind of middle ground quarterbacks. If Dak, we think, is is too high. I think the other one that would really strike me is Matt Ryan, who yeah. might not be the most fashionable quarterback in the world. And, and because the Falcons have been, I mean, just bizarre, haven't they? Hot and cold doesn't even come close. I mean, they, they've got serious problems. People kind of overlook the fact that Matt Ryan actually has never really dipped 
significantly from that MVP season a few years ago. You know, he really is a quarterback who, you know, puts up yards and puts up numbers pretty much every single game. Um, so he might be my, I mean, again, we have yet to draft our own fantasy um, league between all of us. But I mean, he might be that middle ground for me then, if you think Dak is is maybe me being a bit ambitious, maybe reaching a touch. Um, and I think it if you're picking with, him up, he's good value. With Dak, it depends on like what you're, what you're looking at. But if we take what Dak was averaging last year in terms of just passing yards per game, and apply that to the 17-game regular season that we have got this season. He is on track to throw 6,310 yards. Yeah, so I know it's not going to be exactly the same, but still you can't look at him and say legitimately in fantasy football terms with that Dallas Cowboys team that there are 15 quarterbacks you would take ahead of him. Are you saying, are you suggesting that you would take someone like a noted Rob Rose fan, Baker Mayfield, ahead of that Prescott? No, but hold on a second. So firstly, to say that he will come back, there are players who have had the injury he has had and have never come back to have sustained NFL careers post that injury. So I appreciate this now, the shoulder thing. And the thing about training camp, right, is, is when you're in training camp, as much as there's a bit of contact and we're now at preseason, everything looks pretty on paper. You know, everyone's season has a, a, a kind of narrative where you can see them doing great things. We talked about it last week, right, with the 49ers, you know, that actually how far removed are they from the team that made the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. The problem is when human beings start clattering into each other and injuries happen, those narratives un- unravel really quickly. Yeah. And I mean, you could, you know, you could say Dak Prescott might not get back to his um, pre-injury form. That's That's one angle. The second thing is that like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, we've talked before about running backs having a shelf life because they're, you know, they put a lot of strain on their body and so on. Well, I I don't think that necessarily diminishes for a running quarterback. I'm just saying I I wouldn't have him at six. Um, I would probably go, I'd have Mahomes, um, Allen, Murray, Jackson, Rogers, Wilson. Yeah, I mean, you then do. You get into the Rogers, the Wilson, Matt Stafford, Matt Brady. Ryan. I mean, I think with Stafford, Ryan, you may be starting to get into Dak territory. But I, when you're telling me you guys have been on drafts and seen him going six, I didn't have in my mind that he was the no. sixth person on my list by any means. Um, I would agree. I'd have him ahead of the Ben Roethlisberger's of this world, the Baker Mayfields. Um, you know, but... Here's, here's one, right? Let me move into sleepers then. Let's nudge the conversation that way. My sleeper would be Daniel Jones, right? I think as much as he is a flawed player when it comes to NFL performances for the footballing giants, he, he is a fantasy football player's dream. The guy runs, the guy's got a big arm, the giants rely on him in a way that very few teams rely on a young and inexperienced quarterback. I mean, you can imagine him absolutely outstripping people like Tua, um, people like Burrow, certainly the Bengals. Oh, actually, just quickly, going back to, to rookies last year, I mean, I'd have Herbert ahead of Dak Prescott as yeah, well. At the um, I mean, you know, the longer you think, the more names I start to nudge ahead of Dak. But anyway, yeah, in terms of sleepers, mine's Daniel Jones. Um, absolutely great on his feet. Underrated still with his feet. Good enough with his arm. Certainly got the They're arm strength. 
they've given him a lot of weapons as well this year, haven't they? Yeah. Got Goloday and uh, who's that tight end they got? But you know, they're giving him. Well, I think Saquon. Proper just the fact they'll have a proper yeah. running game that, that opens things up for him in the past game would be good. But anyway, I'm, I'm kind of dominating this a bit. Daniel Jones's mind, sleepers, peeps, go just for it. Looking on Justin Herbert, as you mentioned him, I do wonder. I, I mean, I think he's a fantastic quarterback, and I think he's going to be another high scorer. He'd be a top ten quarterback for me. Yep. You know, personally. Um, 100%. But you do wonder how you know he had to throw a lot last year because they were behind in a lot of games. So you wonder how, you know, how many of those yards, how many of those touchdowns were almost garbage time. Like when Winston used to put up points for the Bucks, like the Bucks were out of games. So we just had to sling it. Um, on okay. Daniel Jones, you are right. Like there's a lot of upside there, but I think also the floor is quite low, especially if you're in a league where that, you know, you're penalized for interceptions. Like I've seen some of the, you know, some of the, the training camp throws he's made and, and stuff like that. And you, you just think, he, again, he's almost he's a bit like Eli Manning, and obviously he, he he kind of trained under him for a little while, and he's a little bit like Winston was for the Bucks, where you know feast or famine or both. Like, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be comfortable starting him in my lineup, and not thinking he might throw two interceptions, three interceptions in the game. You know, so I think that's the risk with somebody like that. If I'm talking to someone who maybe a little bit maybe a little bit below the radar. Um, you mentioned Tua. I think he might have a better season. He's been going quite a lot to tight end this year, and, and we can we can come on to that when we talk to that position, for example. They've um, given him weapons as well. That's, yeah, exactly. You know, they've given Especially, him Fuller you know, and you know model. a lot of receivers. Yeah, hundred percent. But I would um, I'd be tempted to go with Fitz Magic. You know, over at Washington, he again, yeah. he's a guy, he's not scared to sling it. And and again, it's someone that you might risk about interceptions with. But they've got a lot of weapons. They've got a good running game. Um, I think Logan Thomas is going to be a good tight end for them as well. So yeah. I could see, you know, fantasy football wise, I could see Fitz Magic, you know, being right up there in terms of quarterback scorers. My one, oh, go on, James. No, no, go on. My one was going to be Kirk Cousins. I just think he's somebody that slips out of people's radar because you think, oh, he never does anything. But he's always pretty consistent in terms of fantasy. He's always around that 20 point plus mark they've got good receivers they've got a great running game i think it goes under the radar how consistent he is as a fantasy performer i'm not talking about winning them a super bowl but in fantasy terms the guy's pretty much a lock for 20 points minimum every week and with jefferson only getting better with Thielen still there um what's it irv smith the tight end they've got like they've got really good weapons and they will get he will get the ball in the end zone. So yeah, he's my one. I just think he slips under the radar, but fancy wise, he's a useful player. Maybe I'm missing something because like Daniel, Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins weren't, weren't people that I would, were people that I would draft, but only I think if I had no other option, because I just don't have the faith in either of them to perform anything. But then I'm about to sit here and say, I think my sleeper pick for this year is the, the man affectionately known as Large Benjamin. Because um, to, 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 uh, to quote Dan Fouts in the Water Bites, last game of the year, Brent, can't hold anything back. If this is going to be his final season, why not just go out? Sling it? I think he will go out before the end of the season. Uh, it's my yeah, assumption. I, no, no. Is. There's no, it, it's one dimensional with him. You're not going to get any, and it's the same with Brady at the Bucks. You're not going to get any 
aside from the, the QB sneaks on the goal line, you're not going to get any rushing um, points scoring out of him. Yeah. So it, it depends on the, you know the, the scoring in the, in the league. Um, but I don't know. As a sleeper, maybe. I mean, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of weapons. Mm. I like the tight end that they've drafted as well. For me, for whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, oh, the, there's a lot of buzz for the for the combination of the three tight ends because Zach Gent, uh, Gentry is coming on as well. Um, and like, I'm not I'm not here suggesting that old Roethlisberger is going to be my first pick. But if we're talking about sleepers and we're talking about players that might fall to you, yeah, why not take him? I think with that, with those wide receivers around him, with how they look like they want to use um, Najee Harris, and the fact that we've got a by all accounts, better offensive coordinator this year in terms of planning and utilising the players. Why not? Well, all right, let me put this to the test then. So Ben Roethlisberger is your sleeper. Let's define just how much of a sleeper. So you're drafting, JB, fancy draft. Mm -hmm. You've got a choice of two quarterbacks. You've got Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Tannehill. Who do you take? Ben Roethlisberger. No. Could, no, no, because go, no, no. Going back to what we talked about, using an using a point that you talked about there, when you said the offense flows through Lamar Jackson, the offense flows through Kyler Murray. We have spoken before that Tennessee Titans offense flows through Derrick Henry. So if you're talking about taking a tight uh, a Titan primarily, and this might move on to the next position group we're going to talk about, you take Derrick Henry from all of that. Um, yeah. I, I just. I mean, I just don't get it. I think there were so many checkdowns from Roethlisberger. I I just saw a, a great but, player have a real decline, but and we, yet again, Tannehill we, put up career. I mean, nearly four thousand yards, thirty-four yeah. passing TDs against eight interceptions last season. I mean, I, I don't even think him and Roethlisberger are in. But in you, what you for me. But what you've got to consider with that is that both both players are now going to be playing with different offensive coordinators this season. Because remember, Arthur Smith's not calling the place for, uh, for Titans anymore, is he? He's gone to call plays for Matt Ryan, who I do think was a good shout when you, we were talking about him earlier. Yeah. Um, I, but, but Rob, you know what? I am, I am happy to throw out a challenge of the fact that I will draft Ben Roethlisberger as my primary quarterback. You draft Daniel Jones as yours, and we'll see who does better. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that on Ryan Tannehill. I'll... No, no, because no, you didn't select Ryan Tannehill. You picked Daniel Jones. So let's let's have Big Ben versus Danny Dimes. I, I still think I win that. I just I don't see I don't see what you see from from Big Ben. Um, That's fine. I don't see what you see in Daniel Jones. So I think I think we're easy. I see a that. guy who can run and pass. Still, um, true. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be able to build up Daniel Jones here. I just see, you know, and, and look, we're, we're talking about great quarterbacks declining. I mean, you could have had this chat a year ago about um, Drew Brees. You know, this isn't uh, any negativity towards the career that he has had and, you know, the Lombardis he's won. Yeah. There's nothing against Ben Roethlisberger here. I, I just think you're a, your argument's a year behind. Uh, I think the... Um, I would agree. Yeah, that tail end of the season. I mean, you say go out slinging, well when you were 11 and one or whatever you were, was that not a, a great time to maybe sling and sit? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. I'll, I'll go with that. Danny Dimes against Ben Roethlisberger. I think I can make that work. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so quarterbacks. I mean, I'm not sure we actually ended up helping 
Um, maybe we've got controversy amongst our <laughs> we listeners. Just, we've just added confusion for people. Uh, that's that's it. The people are now going to be football, out right? in their droves, dra- drafting Danny Dimes. I'm not sure why they're not winning their leagues. I'll win our league with Danny Dimes. I can do that. Um, although, are, are we allowed to say that we're giving advice here, but didn't the winner of our league last season win allowing the website to automatically pick the next available player? Was that a thing? Um, or? Only on the last day, like only on the Super Bowl game. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I won the league. You are, you always win the league. Yeah. Um, so if that's quarterbacks, then running backs, the person stood next to them as they take the ball under center. Who are your running back locks? And do you know what, Aldrin? Why not? Let's start with you first again. This is one I really struggle with, only because, and. Christian McCaffrey would normally, for the last couple of years, would have been my lock. And I still kind of feel like he is. But I've just got that nervousness that he played three games last year. Admittedly, when he played, he he still looked like Christian McCaffrey. But that was my only only concern. But I think the guy that I'm going to go with is Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I think that guy is absolute money and with Jameis Winston or whoever under center they're going to be even more reliant on his dual threat ability and I think that's where you get all the points so yeah he's my guy I've got to agree really Uh, I think there are the big names at the very top aren't there but I think talking about teams that are going to go through certain players as much as I've got nothing but faith in Sean Payton to put out a competitive football team, regardless of who the personnel is, really, the fact that the Saints don't really seem to have much of a clue, really, who's going to be starting. I mean, the fact they're alternating between Hill um, and Winston during the preseason doesn't necessarily scream that there's a decision made even behind the scenes, does the say, yeah, I've got to say that. I mean, I think the other one that I'd probably throw in, a bit like your McCaffrey conversation, is Saquon Barkley. I think we talked about him a few weeks ago. I think he's still a superstar. He just needs to stay injury free. But yeah, I'll second that. I'm more than happy to go Alvin Kamara. So PB, who've you got? For me, I I think, I mean, they're, they're good choices. It's tricky, isn't it? With running back. I think there, there are a lot of running backs at the focal point of the team, but I will go with Saquon Barkley. Because I think he's, again, a bit like McCaffrey, he's coming back off an injury, you know, a, a really bad injury. So, you know, you, you don't know how he's going to be, you know, how he's going to react to that. But all of the workouts, you know, videos that he's posted, he, he looks in incredible shape. Um, and he had a monster rookie year. And I think, he, you know, with, with the extra weapons they've got on the, you know, on the, the passing side of the ball, I think he's just going to be a, such a massive part of that offense. Um, Jason Garrett, obviously a, the offensive coordinator who had such success with Ezekiel Elliott at the Cowboys. So it's not like he doesn't know how to use a, a, a running back. Um, was DeMarco Murray at the, at the Cowboys as well when he, he had like a 2000 yeah, yard season. A monster, yeah. So, yeah. you know, Jason Garrett's had good success with running backs. I think it's all set up well for for Barkley to come back and have a a great season. So, yeah, I think he's right up there for me. I think those are all, like, really good picks. I can't, I don't want to say dismantle them, but I can't attack them maybe as I attack certain people's quarterback choices there. Because I think running back 
especially as we go into this season, is one of those position groups that's actually quite well stacked. I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of very good options that you can make cases for. My primary one, though, isn't one that I think any of us have talked about yet. And it is probably the own, one of the only Vikings that I would consider drafting. And mm-hmm. I think Dalvin Definitely. Cook. Yeah. And I would go with Cook, especially over Kamara, because, yes, while I wouldn't draft Kirk Cousins in fantasy football, I would absolutely take Captain Kirk <clears throat> over whatever combination of Jameis Winston and um, Taysom Hill that you're going to get from But do you not Saints. think that benefits a running back, having a really mediocre quarterback? Because no, they're just going to jump off the ball and let him run? Because the, no, because the more I'm thinking about it, when we, have seen quarter, when we have seen running backs suffer, it's been because teams can set up for the fact that well, they're not going to do anything else. So we, we have this conversation a lot, like one of the things Rob talks about, are cornerbacks good because of the defensive line in front of them? Yeah. Or is the defensive line in front of them good because of the cornerback and it's the same it's the same thing here is the running back good because of the quarterback or is the quarterback good because of the the running back and it's it's one of those things and I think Dalvin Cook has that explosion he has that drive and he has that that sort of um three down back capability for running and catching and blocking yeah blocking not necessarily applicable in fantasy football but it means he's more likely to be on the field and stay on the field yeah I mean, I can't disagree with you. I drafted him last year and reaped the benefits of that shambolic Green Bay defense where he put up 46 points <laughs> on fantasy. So uh, Yeah, weren't, yeah, weren't you can't. playing me that week? I, yeah, I was it didn't go great for that. you. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. There were several weeks that didn't go well for me last year. So, <laughs> Listeners, yeah. be advised, I may not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And also, I think as much as we're going to move on to the maybe the mid middle of the pack and then the sleepers again, I think honourable mention needs to go to Derek Henry, um, who I probably think is the only name we haven't mentioned who could be, yeah. you know, first overall in people's drafts, let alone the first running back off the board. I think um, I think we're doing a disservice to Nick Chubb by not including him in in our yeah, I think the only honourable mentions then. I wouldn't call it a knock against Henry, but the only thing against Henry in terms of fantasy football is there's not a lot in the passing game from him. Yeah, he's a pure runner, isn't he? Exactly, so. yeah. And, it, you know, he smashes it, you know, 2,000 yards. If he does that again, it, it'll be crazy and it'll be a high scorer. But I think you can get as much if not more output from some fantasy um, running backs because they're in the passing game as well. Yes. The, the only thing I suppose that goes in Henry's favour, and I know we've kind of come to him after our picks, is... You know, JB just made the point about Alvin Kamara and and about running backs generally. It's sometimes how they fit in a scheme or how offensive coordinators use them or scheme for them. Whereas Henry, I don't really necessarily feel... I mean, yards after contact... That, that guy's just a downhill runner, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's almost an old-fashioned running back in a way, but then he's also the kind of player the NFL's never seen before. He's this odd kind of mix of things for me. So I think Henry definitely... I mean, Chubb's an interesting one. I mean, I, I don't disagree with Chubb being, you know, a, a top five or six running back. But when you said, was it you, JB, who said, oh, if you're going to mention Derek Henry as an honourable mention, you've got to mention Chubb. I don't know. I mean, we haven't mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. You know, there's a lot of good running backs we haven't mentioned that I put at yeah. broadly Chubb's level. But you know what? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt arguably are probably the best running back tandem in the league. Um, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, Nick Chubb wasn't a name on the tip of my tongue, but I'll give it to you. So are there any in the middle who you think might offer great value, guys? Before I mean, there are a lot of running backs. We're out of the realm of quarterbacks now into the type of players that teams can have two or three active running backs through the year. But but are there any in that middle ground that you think are worthy of mention before we get to the true sleepers? Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is the guy for me. Sorry to, to jump no. in. You know, he was on my, my board as a rookie last year, and unfortunately I got pipped to drafting him, and one of the other guys in the league took him. But absolutely, I mean, he had a, I think he had a bit of a slow start, but, you know, once they were set, he was settled in the offence, I think he was awesome. And, and, and again, he was a massive part of that football team offence and the reason that they, they won the East and, and made it into the playoffs. So My only thing with him is kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit my concern with Washington is the fitness of their receivers and if they're not fit then you can kind of telegraph stopping the run and they've had issues with that that's my only thing I I I mean uh, he was going to be the guy that I was about to mention before you jumped in and said it yeah no I I, I don't disagree but that's that's the only reason that I feel like he falls as a sleeper rather than yeah, but they've improved their um their receiving room this year. You know, if you look at their depth depth chart, they've got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys as well. They've picked up from the Titans. You know, they're their, yeah. their starting three, and then they've they've got some you know decent backups mm. as well. So, it's, it's, so I'm not, I don't I'm disagree. not disagreeing, Phil. Um, and I think it's that narrative thing I talked about earlier. I mean, you talk about picking up. Adam Humphreys. Well, they picked him up because that guy got dropped. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, he he was he was not the player the Titans thought they were getting. But I'll, I'll give you it's a, it's an upgrade. I mean, it's a weird thing for me, Washington, because I think ultimately, a bit like the Sean Payton point, I think Washington are coached up. Mm. I think that actually they've got a really great coaching setup there with, mm. you know, probably one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Um, good coordinators. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against Gibson as a pick. Actually, I, I'm probably more favourable than maybe Aldrin sounds. Um, I think it's a just one of those cases where he's probably one of the better players on an otherwise pretty average team. Well, the uh, the thing with that, and I so where I'm coming from and where I'm agreeing with Phil is that element of um, Dr. Ron Rivera kind of uh, leading all of this because when you think of him and you think of his success as a coach, you immediately have to go to that 2015 team that went 15 and one and got all the way to the Super Bowl. The wide receiver, the the wide receivers on that Carolina Panthers team, like the final ones were Brenton Bursin, Corey Brown, Jericho Cotchery, Devin Funches, Ted Ginn Jr. And Kevin Norwood. Without, with, with no disrespect meant to people who are incredibly talented at their chosen profession much more than I am at mine there is not one single one of those that I think any of us would say I will trade one of my wide receivers on my favorite team for them it was all about the coaching it's all about performance and Washington today has that same kind of feel of that of a Ron Rivera team of just I have picked up people in some cases that nobody else wanted in some cases that maybe haven't been given a chance. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to coach these players and I'm going to make a team out of them. And part of that Panthers thing was led by the run. Yes. Some of it was cam, which you're not going to get with um, Fitzmagic, but a lot of it was also Jonathan Stewart. He had an incredible season. Um, I think about that run in the playoffs against the Seahawks. So Antonio Gibson fits that mould of what 
Jonathan Stewart was doing for that team then, why can't the same thing happen again? You, the old the old adage, do it until they stop you. And it's, if it's worked for him before, why won't it work for him again now? So I like that as a point. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think the Panthers being a Super Bowl team that year was because they had Cam Newton in their prime. And I think you're right. I don't think Washington have that. I think they'll probably do better than, you know, they'll be better than the sum of their parts, if you like, to, to take your general point. Um, I mean, how far do we push this then? If I nudge this a step further, so I'm going to give you a player now who I think is a really good player, but on an even worse team than Washington. So I saw a stat this week, and I um, love being surprised by a stat. So you know Joe Mixon at the Bengals, right? So over the last few seasons, he's averaged 3.9 yards a carry, very respectable, with three of that 3.9 yards coming after contact. I mean, this is a guy who is successful in spite of his surroundings. Um, and I think probably, you know, if you put him on a better team, I think he'd be a superstar. But I mean, I have him as kind of that mid-ground. I don't think he's a sleeper, is he? I think the league knows that they're dealing with a talented player. But yeah, Joe Mixon as my in-between guy. Can I get away with that? Yeah. I yeah, so. I think so. Um, the the only other running back I had to talk about, and like as as in between or sleepers or anything like that, and I'm about to say running back. Really, it's two. It's whoever wins the job out of Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. Because I don't, I don't think it, you need to worry. It's Jonathan uh, Taylor. I, I think I think it will be as well. But until it, until he it, is officially anointed as a Colts fan, I've watched some of the offseason work, and the guy looks incredible. And I love and, Mac, but yeah, I see. I like Mac. I think Mac's got a lot of upside. But fine, let's say it's JT then. I'd I'd go with him, not just because of his individual performance, but also again for the fact that well, if it's not Carson Wentz, yeah, you're probably you're probably going to lean on your running back quite a lot. In the same way that it's probably worth <laughs> as you get further on into the draft and. This this is yeah. tight end talk, but not major tight end talk for that bit. You might want to consider some of the tight ends that the Colts have got because a tight end is what's a rookie quarterback's best friend. Yeah, but um, I think you, you, they're going to run the ball a lot. So why again, not? Again, as a Colts fan, I wouldn't be picking up Colts tight ends. But there you go. Jack Doyle's still there. Of course he is. He, yeah. he's, all, he's all right. Still churning out five yards a game. I think he's, you know, most of his adult life I, I suppose it depends on what you, you talk as a sleeper, but I've not seen Mixon make it out in the second round. Often Jonathan Taylor's going first round, and these are in 12-team leagues. So I think, yeah, you know, if, if, you're, if you're picking one of them up as you're running back two in your league or something like that, you're doing really well. Um, yeah, I, I think those guys are, like I said, not the sleepers. Or so. Maybe that middle ground, you know, you've missed out on the top guy you had in mind. You know, I think Mixon is is a pretty decent substitute with a lot of upside. Taylor as well, actually, I think is is a good shout. Mm. Um, so let's nudge towards sleepers then. Um, and shall I kick us off? I think oh. already gave you Gibson. Well, go on. Well, I just said it. that's what started this whole conversation. I gave you Gibson as our first sleeper. Oh, was that our first sleeper? So I'll go. And I mean, this is the point where I'll say you go. Oh, he's not a sleeper. He's a. T-. I mean, how do people feel about Austin Eckler at the Chargers? I mean, yeah, I think, I think that guy is amazing. Yeah. He's like muscle on muscle has been, I mean, they were a mess, weren't they, head coach? As much as, you know, Anthony Lynn is, is a very likable NFL personality. I mean, game management and, and scheming definitely weren't in, in his favour. 
I think Austin Eckler could do. I know it's first year. Yeah. You know, there's all these things that we've talked about that, that obviously don't necessarily scream upside. But I think Austin Eckler would probably be my sleeper. Great with his hands as well. You talk about safety blankets for young quarterbacks. I think those those dump-off plays to Eckler give him a, a lot of point-scoring opportunity and also a good red zone threat as well. I mean, getting getting himself in the end zone probably comes with a bounty of points. Yeah, Austin Eckler would be mine. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's fair. Nice. Um, I kind of struggle with sleepers just because I think there's there's so many running backs that I look and I think, oh, but he's good. Like, he's going to get mm. points. But the guy that I'm going to... I'm going to say is a sleeper purely because I don't think loads of people will pick him is um, Travis Etienne at the Jags. Mm. I, I think he is a person that will not get loads of attention in a draft, but I think very quickly he usurps James Morris uh, Robinson at the top of that depth chart purely, if nothing else for that connection that he has with Lawrence. And again, going back to that dual threat, they're going to line him up out wide. They're going to scheme him differently. I think he's a guy that maybe won't start quickly, but as the season progresses, will get you more and more points. See, do you think James Roberts, James Roberts was so good though, wasn't he last year? I agree. Who, who else have the Jags got? Is it, is it Carlos, Carlos Hyde? Hyde as well? I mean, yeah. he's number, that's Travis that's Etienne is number, battle, isn't it? he's number three on their depth chart currently. But again, I mean, some of that, some of that, some of that is going to be rookie rookie season. Yeah, exactly, and that's my point. I, I think there's so many rookies, particularly yeah. at running back, and particularly as he's coming in with his college quarterback. You know, it's not like he's going into a new situation and a new relationship. So, because wasn't wasn't he a first? Was he a first rounder as well? Yeah, they had about yeah. eighty three first yeah, round yeah. picks, didn't they? So. Yeah, the Jags took him and Lawrence in the first round, mm-hmm. and there's a part of me that kind of thinks, well, he's gonna. I, I agree with you. I think it's probably a consideration that some people aren't, a lot of people aren't going to make, but yeah. you have to think they've spent a first round pick on him. They're pairing him back up with Lawrence. We know how successful the two of them were in college. I just think Ur- I, Urban Meyer's a college court, a college coach coming up. So I, I just think it's that flexibility because even if Robinson stays as the kind of first down lead back, I still think you can, they'll still scheme Etienne in a wide receiver position with Robinson like going down the middle. I still think he'll get snaps and he'll get plays. So, yeah, that's why I, th- I went for him. I, th- I think running back as well, I-, I think particularly in fantasy football terms, is somewhere where you've got to be ready for your star to be injured, haven't you? I mean, yeah. like we said, the amount of running backs who are going to go down during the season, you've got to be ready to, to pick up that next guy. And it's, I don't know, on the one hand, it's back to this narrative. I think you can make an argument for an awful lot of players. I mean, Chase Edmonds at the Cardinals is another sleeper. I mean, you know, was very much number two behind Kenyon Drake last year. And I don't know, it might be an area of weakness for Arizona, tight end and running back. But but he's got upside. And um, I don't know, like I say, a lot of value with, um, with running back. And I think we've... Um, Covered all bases, haven't we? I think we've yeah. done a super job. So another bounce, if you know, if we're football. talking fantasy football strategy, running backs where you want to load up two or three good mm. guys as early as possible, because as you just said, that's where you've got to be prepared for your guy to go down, you know, and get injured. And if so, you want to have someone strong and a backup. You know, with with a quarterback, I think you've got thirty-two quarterbacks in the league. So depending on if you're uh, a kind of one starting quarterback or two starting quarterback league. Mm. Um, 
you know, you, you need two, maybe three max on the roster. With with running backs, you know, you want to get four, five, six, potentially, depending on how big your bench is. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's amazing, though, isn't it? Still, still the thought rattling around in my head is the Jacksonville Jaguars, Aldrin. That is, I mean, I really rate Carlos Hyde. I think he's always done a very good job wherever he's been. He's just been an awful lot of places now. So, you know, it, I don't know. It's a tough room. It's, it's a it tough is, room isn't it? Room. I mean, you, surely as Carlos Hyde, you're just looking for a bit of stickability, aren't you? You're looking for a coach to believe in you. But, but yeah, if he was third on that depth chart, yeah, maybe a good value pickup, maybe an in-season trade, maybe. It does feel a, a real area of strength, doesn't it, for Jacksonville? So yeah. another area where you can make an argument for an awful lot of players, young and old, is wide receiver. Um, I've got some thoughts, and I think they'll probably be aligned for the people at the very top. Your wide receiver locks before we get towards that sleeper element. But Aldrin, again, kick us off. Give us your superstars out there on the sidelines. Well, the guy that I'm going to pick is the guy that I picked last year and that's D hop DeAndre Hopkins is for me I just think he's so so good I think he's still the go-to guy I think AJ Green coming in maybe I mean it I don't necessarily think it makes his life better but if AJ Green is playing well then it maybe frees up a little bit more room um the only knock on it is and i think this is a knock on cliff kingsbury is just don't move him around a lot he's very stuck to the one side and the one root tree so that's the only thing but i mean the guy put up phenomenal numbers and is going to continue to do that until he puts a gold jacket on so Mm. yeah the guy is absolute money at that position as my lock anyway yeah, I mean, I know it, it seems to be it's almost like an echo on this podcast, but I do think the Cardinals have, I mean, and this is a Cardinals without Larry, Larry Fitzgerald potentially lining up, really have done some great work at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's so important for me is, if you go back 12 months, we'd um, drafted Andy Isabella. Yeah. I think it was second, maybe third round from memory. And Andy Isabella was one of a number of wide receivers the Cardinals drafted because I think Cliff Kingsbury knew that when he wanted to play this air raid style offense, it was a really important position for him to have that, that deep, fast runner. And I, I really like Andy Isabella. You know, you, you hear him talk, you watch him in games, and he's that kind of guy who's never quite grasped his opportunity. But, I mean, you look at what they've gone and done this year. They've gone out and, like say, they've got um, AJ Green, which I think gives more of a red zone threat. They've got Rondell Moore. I, I do think the Cardinals look a bit better at wide receiver. And as much as you think D-Hop probably helps A.J. Green, you know, he, A.J. Green's not going to be double covered in that offense. Yeah. I don't know. Does any of that go back the other way? Could, could D-Hop be on for his best season ever? I mean, I, I suppose there's people who tell you he could be. Particularly as I think um, Kyler Murray will spend more time under center. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's, yeah, definitely an argument for, for D-Hop. Um, I am a new go, probably with the, uh, another really obvious one. I think when you look at Devontae Adams, the stats are just incredible, really. I mean, it's sometimes because you've got Aaron Rodgers, again, really as a guy who is just biding his time till he puts on a gold jacket, a bit like you were describing yeah. with D-Hop. Devontae Adams, I'm not, I'm not sure he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but his stats are truly league-leading, aren't they? I mean, he really yeah. is a superstar. Um, and I think he's maybe not given that Jerry Rice 
kind of level of coverage that you know other wide receivers over the years have been so again if you're picking early you're looking wide receiver I think Devontae Adams would probably be my lock yeah I like it yeah I think Devontae Adams is a good shout I think I'm not sure on DeAndre Hopkins and I'm not entirely sure why either (laughs) just there's just something about it that's just making me a bit nervous about it um it, it I think could if be I'm the same reason as the Ben Roethlisberger thing, though, JB, it could just be that you're wrong. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's always that, right? I mean, it's entirely possible if we believe in in the uh, in the principle of infinite universes. There is an infinite universe where I am wrong about this. It's just not this one. Um, I think my my luck. I think is going to be. I think the same the same wide receiver I tried to draft first last year, and going back to the team that we talked about at the very beginning from James Aldrin and it's Stefan Diggs at the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, I maybe wouldn't put Josh Allen ahead of someone like Patrick Holmes or something like that, that I said, however, you cannot deny that Stefan Diggs is an elite level wide receiver and yeah, he's going to do magic things. I think. Yeah, I agree. Can't dispute that at all. Yeah, I think you know they're all, all good picks. I think Adams is is spot on. Is is going to be right up there as a as a as a potential you know potentially even a first round pick. You know, if you're looking at a wide receiver, then then he's he's up there. Um, Diggs as well. Um, Hopkins. I'm not you know Hopkins. I'm seeing go as the tenth receiver in in drafts. So insane. <laughs> it's but I suppose it depends on on how healthy you know they've got a deep receiving room. So. Um, it all depends on on how those targets are shared around. For me, that guy's getting all those targets. Yeah, <laughs> I think wide receiver one's Tyreek Hill. Um, okay. purely, you know, speed kills in this yeah, league. Unbelievable, you know, at, at putting a move on and, and then just tearing past cor- um, cornerbacks. Uh, if you look at the the Buccaneers game, not the Super Bowl game which we won, um, but the the kind of regular season game where we lost there, you know, he had two touchdowns and 200 yards, I think in, in almost the first quarter. So, you know, and that's the team that then went on to win the Super Bowl. So it's not like he was playing a, a bottom. Had to get that one in. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, he, he's not lost a step. I think he's, he's still kind of at the peak of his powers. I think Mahomes is, is, you know, their, their loss probably, hurt the team, I think, and he's going to come out wanting to prove a point as well. So I think Tyreek Hill is going to be racking it up again this year anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't dislike that. Can I mention one other one? Yeah. That I think in fantasy football terms should be an early consideration is um, Brown at the Titans, AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had him last year and that guy, the thing with the Tennessee Titans is you're not going to get loads of yards out of him just because of the way they play. But that guy got a touchdown like every game. I had him in my team and just every game you get like 25 yards and a touchdown and just so consistent because he's such a good red zone threat. And I think with Julio Jones there now, I know we've talked about Julio Jones being a long way off the peak of his powers, but I still think he gives people pause in the end zone. 100%. And I, and I think that opens things up for AJ Brown even more. So he's the guy that I think is really close to that kind of top group. So we haven't done this before, and I suppose I'm changing the format a little. So what about those people who've maybe fallen from the upper echelons of, of the wide receiver rankings from a year ago? So 
would you be risking a high pick in your draft on, for instance, um, Michael Thomas? Nope. Do you do you think there's there's any value there at the Saints after injury and obviously the significant change of quarterback? Nope. Um, like, but he's. A, he's I take a, him as a sleeper. I yeah, think. he's a mid to late rounder because of the injury. Because you don't, you know, you don't know when he's going to be in the lineup. And I think um, he's still got the talent. And God knows whether he's even going to be in New Orleans or after all. Mm. Plus, you know, I don't think they'll they'll eat that dead money and trade him, but. Um, if he comes back in, he's their best receiver, and so he's going to be valued later on in the draft. Well, I think I think we're getting into a, like Rob said, we're getting into an interesting subsection of what we're talking about because these aren't to me necessarily sleepers. These are more players that are I don't want to say handicapped, but affected by the people that that are throwing it. Because Michael Thomas is a very good shout. The one that I was mulling over was um, Alan Robinson at the uh, Bears, yeah. because he, he is fantastic. We have seen him live yeah. do amazing things, yeah. but who's throwing him the ball? Because mm-hmm. if it's Andy Dalton, I would put his ceiling lower than if it was the rookie quarterback, whose name I have Fields. forgotten. Fields. Fields, that was it. I was, I was like, I know it's not Trey Lance, and that was all I could think to say. I think if Fields is throwing it, I think he's, his upside is, is much higher. It's the same with it's the same with Michael Thomas. Is 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 upside better with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or go into another team? And for this is an audio medium, so for viewers, I've just raised my hands at different points, different team being the highest option there. I don't know, you know. I mean, the only thing, and I know I've just made an argument about D Hop there, but there are. It takes a special type of wide receiver, a little like quarterback, and you can maybe argue any position, I suppose, to an extent. It takes a special kind of wide receiver to go and be truly, you know, successful in multiple... I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think he'd probably do better than he will in New Orleans if he moved. But then you've got to think of the types of places he could move. Mm. I mean, if he ended up at somewhere like... I don't know, the Patriots, I don't think that's a better situation. If he ended up at, a, at an up-and-coming rebuilding team, I mean, a Lions, a Jets, a Jags, I, Jags, maybe I'll talk myself out of that one. But, I mean, there's a lot of places he could end up that aren't better than the Saints. Let's put it that way. And, and when you put yourself up to be traded, I think there's always that, right? There's always the, yeah. you know, all the glitters. But, um, but, yeah, I mean... On that, I mean, I know he was a, a podcast darling only two weeks ago, but I mean, is Odell Beckham Jr. worth a relatively high pick these days? I mean, he, he's not a sleeper, is he? I mean, he's one of the most famous faces in the league, but is there any chance he gets back to his best? I, I See, I was thinking of him as a sleeper. I, I think he, I don't know, I, I just feel like he's fallen out of the out of the consideration of a lot of people. And certainly if you're coming to draft, he, he wouldn't be the guy that you draft high. Mm. I, I don't think. I mean, I think he he falls more to a a slower selection later down the line than chucking out an early pick on him. I, I think you just take him later on and you can probably pick him up really late. Mm. It's a fair shout. And, and also, to loop back, because I didn't touch on it, JB, your point about Robinson, I think, is spot on. Probably, for my money, one of the best four or five wide receivers in the league. A bit like Joe Mixon. I think you put him on a better team, and I think you'd see amazing things. 
Um, the other one I'd probably want to mention is I wonder how good Devontae Parker could be, you know. In the right situation, I think he's another one that just seems to, you know, you see what A.J. Brown's done with the Titans. You know, yeah. for me, Parker's another guy with all the right physical attributes. So, I, I think he could do all right this year, again, because they put other weapons around. Yeah. Uh, there's much less of it. It was so easy to forecast who they were going to be throwing to because it was what well, it was Parker or nobody. So yeah. I think this year, now you've got Fuller, you've really got to drop deep and consider his pace. So I think that opens things up a lot for Parker. I think Waddle's having a good camp as well. And obviously him and two have got chemistry from college, I think, don't they? So I just worry about him in the pro game. That's it. See, the, I think there's a, there are several good rookie wide receivers that were picked up in the draft that are going to be exciting to watch. Um, but the thing... Is there a position that we're talking about like offensively in fantasy football where a player can come out of nowhere like wide receiver? 100%. You look at Justin Jefferson last year. Yeah. And I think he, he's a, a top 10, top 15 receiver this year, potentially. Well, definitely. Actually. No, no. So, yeah, no, but that's the thing I was saying. Like last year, we knew Justin Jefferson when he was drafted last year was going to be good, but we didn't, I think, know how good he was. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. It's that there can be... A, a player can just explode on the scene just with a, like a big game and then all of a sudden they go through think about and this is going back years now think about the that season Josh Gordon had where all he was like right up there as one of the top fantasy football wide receivers on the Cleveland Browns team that I think was primarily quarterbacked by Jason Campbell and this was when I think he notched like close to a couple of like 200 yard games and things like that. There are players that can explode and just have amazing seasons that you just don't see coming. Yeah, I agree. And there'll always be some of those, you know, every year. That's why we talk about sleepers, isn't it? It's those guys that, that fly under the radar and, and, you know, you just kind of appear from out of nowhere. And there will be some of those this year. The guy, uh, I can't remember the guy's name at the, the Eagles, but who's had an amazing, you know, had a, an amazing catch in, um, or an amazing kind of game in their preseason game the other day. Jalen um, Rieger? No. Or is no, it the... the guy that, begins, his name begins with a Q. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Hang on. I'm just, uh, I'm just going to find it now whilst I, uh, whilst I think about it off the top of my head. Rob, can you put some, uh, some <laughs> like, elevate, elevator music in there? That would be great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Quiz Watkins is isn't a name that you'd be massively familiar with or think he's going to have a massive season. Well, and you, you weren't like, familiar with it. So yeah, that kind of proves your point. Yeah. <laughs> he's having a great camp and, and, you know, a good start in preseason. It's always, you've got to be wary of getting, you know, blown away by the preseason because plenty of players have had a great preseason and done nothing in the regular season. But, you know, he's certainly one to watch, I think in, in a, a pretty stacked wide receiver room with the Eagles as well. You know, not even talking about um, uh, Devonta Smith. It just depends who's throwing the ball, doesn't it? Well, that's yeah. that's um, my apprehension. 
I think just as, as maybe as a last note before we move on to tight end, I think we have obviously overlooked one very important wide receiver that we need to talk about here. Oh, uh, this sitting, is Juju Smith-Schuster. No, 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 no. Sit, sitting in that San Francisco <laughs> 49ers uh, offensive room, sitting in that huddle, it's Mohamed Sanu. And, you know, if he, if he keeps performing, like if he keeps growing like he's been growing, it's well, going to do think, amazing things. Do you know what? I think the fact that he's still on that roster and was it he's number three on their yeah. depth chart i think that says everything about that room that they've got and the players they've got in there when yeah i mean the guy was barely do you on know the roster. what though i mean it's another co- it's back to the paint that it's another head coach who can do great things though i mean he, yeah he, i agree you know he's able to scheme up crazy i'm not sure Mohamed sanu is necessarily going to be the direct beneficiary um but you know what sanu I don't know. Uh, I think he will look back on an NFL career and, and minus, obviously, that Super Bowl, which, you know, I think every Falcons player wished it had gone different. He'll look back on a pretty good career, I think. Mohamed um, Sanu, I, th- I think he's, he's yeah, he's, he's certainly nowhere near the Hall of Fame or the, anywhere near the Hall of Very Good. But I think, you know, he's still going. He still adds value to a team. Yeah, I expect it. If the 49ers released him tomorrow, I'd expect him to be employed within a week. I, th- I think he's still got something left maybe yeah. for this year. Um, just a, a, as much as we've kind of touched on these sleepers and mid-sleepers, we also touched on rookies. Um, who do you think, as a quick round the room before we go tight end, is going to be the standout rookie from what felt like a pretty exciting wide receiver class for the position? Who, who's the guy you've got your money on for making a splash this season? Um, rookies yeah. yeah I mean I think Jefferson we expect to come back and have a great season you know you've got the DK those guys who are, who are coming into season two or three I'm talking genuine rookies who I, can think, waddle. I think Waddle's going to have an amazing year I think yeah. he's going to absolutely like which I, I think <sighs> Jamar Chase is a better player in my view but I think he's in a significantly worse situation so I think it, it's not far off. I, I think Waddle's the best. He's just behind Chase in terms of his ability, but he's in a way better situation, way better situation there. So I think he's going to absolutely light it up. And, I, and in truth, I think Tua's going to have a very good year. It's what I think. Yeah, I tend to agree with that on, on both counts, really. As a, as a maybe less obvious choice, I'd look at Kadarius Tony at the Giants as well, just from the buzz of how he's acting around camp. You know, he's, he's interacting with the fans. There's a little bit of the, you know, I don't think he's on the same same level as, of personality as OBJ, but there's a little bit of that OBJ factor about him, you know, a bit of charisma, a bit of, you know, getting on getting on really well with the team and, and a bit of character and, and with the fans. So I could see him having a good season, but it's all around, it's, it's the wide receiver room, isn't it? Um, you know, if you look at Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, they've got a pretty deep, wide receiver room Miami you'd say you know we've already touched on we think they do now Devonta Smith in Philadelphia you know you've got him and Riga and, and again you know, I just think Boston. that situation is not great yeah and then obviously we've not mentioned Rashad Bateman at Baltimore and I think wide receiver has been a, a weakness for the Ravens so I think he's got a good opportunity to come in and, and potentially do something there see last little point and I'll make it quick I'd flip that on its head a bit and also from a fantasy perspective, look at people with weak wide receiver rooms. 
So, yeah. I mean, I'd probably be more tempted to go for, say, Cortland Sutton in Denver exactly, yeah. than one of the million Dallas Cowboys wide receivers who exactly could end right. up being their top dog. I think the yeah. Cowboys, I'm all for depth in a wide receiver room, but I'm not necessarily sure that we know who the Cowboys, I mean, they can write whatever they want on their official website, but do the Cowboys know who their wide receiver one, two, three, four is? I'm, I'm not sure. I'd, I think it changes week to week, isn't it? It just could easily be Gallup. So many, haven't they? Yeah. You could end up picking a guy high who does very, very little through little fault of their own, really. Um, so, yeah, with wide receiver done, tight end. I don't, the only thing here is I think let's be quick with the locks because I think there probably are four or five I've probably got four who who have got head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to tight ends in the league. It's then an awful lot of also rounds, but let's quickly run through those big four and Aldrin kick us off with your lock choice. I mean, well, it could be any of the four because there is four and that's it. Is there four? I can think, I think of three. Yeah. And then who's the, who's the new one that's just been drafted this year? So that's your four. If we're talking fantasy football, I don't think yeah. you can you can put. I mean, he he. Was I think you can put Matt Ryan throwing that guy the ball, and that guy <laughs> is getting touchdowns yeah, so every single day. I've stolen this. This is a piece of info from Murph on the Five Yard Rush podcast. Great, thanks, the Murph. Right, brilliant. Original <laughs> content out every Friday, everybody. <laughs> the list of top five tight end uh, rookie tight ends in their rookie year for fantasy. Yeah, Evan Engram. Yeah, that there ends the list. So I mean, yeah, I mean, my question was, have you ever seen a guy as good as this come through the league? And the answer everybody would tell you is no. The guy yeah. is a freak. He is the best thing ever. Well, I don't, I, I mean, don't pro- think, I don't think you can sit here though and say he. You wouldn't for any other position say. I can tell you he's going to be one of the top can, positions. I can tell league. you that he will be in the top four in his position at the end of the year. Kyle, okay. Kyle I can Pitts. guarantee it. Fantasy, Kyle fantasy is... football wise, if nothing else, fantasy football wise, there will not be four better players than him. He will be in well, that. You think there four. won't be four tight ends that score better than Kyle Pitts? No. I mean, I'm joining that queue as well, Phil. I mean, you, right, you, uh, I mean we'll speak to JB in a minute, but you're in danger of being on an island here. Do, do you think TJ Hawkinson's going to turn <laughs> up good this year? TJ Hawkinson no. may have a better year this year. He's got, you know, well, I was going to say he's got a better In course. Detroit, pass. <laughs> I, I, I could quite see with his skill set I could quite see Pitts 100% being up there but it would go against every you know every other stat out there so it wouldn't surprise I me I think you're bracketing him in the same breath as regular humans I think it's, yeah, I, it's I a think very bad mistake the, the guy went as high as he went in a draft class as it was I mean yeah uh, I just think Carl Pitts is, is going to be dominant absolutely dominant and the thing about dominant tight ends there aren't many of them as we as we're discussing is if you've got one they are so difficult to cover you know because they're so big they're so short yeah i I think pitts was definitely in my four jb come on i mean this could be two on two or phil's on an island here where are you with carl pitts I think Kyle Pitts will have a good season for a rookie, but I am not yet willing to put him in the same category as like Kelsey and Kittle. Well, I, I mean, let's okay. So let's be honest. Those top four we're talking about are Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, and then mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah. 
Right, no, no, they're, not... the, they're the four that you're talking about. They're the three that I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah no, that's what I mean. So those are the four that I was talking yeah. about. So those are the four. You're in agreement that the three are Kelsey Waller and Kessel. Yes, absolutely. Obviously. I just think I'm I'm looking down a list of other tight ends and I just can't see anybody that's going to get more targets and be more involved than Kyle Pitts. I just well, can't see anybody. So it's a quick one um, for JB and PB. Kyle Pitts... 12 months' time, will have played in the Pro Bowl, right? Uh, you would expect so, yeah. I mean, I, I just think... I mean, he's one of the most talented tight ends, I think. For, I, I just think he's... I don't disagree with that. No, I'm not... We're not... But the thing is, we're not disagreeing with his talent. We're dis- we, are, we are saying, are we willing to overlook what will inevitably be a bumpy rookie season? Because every rookie has a bump at some point or the other to say he's going to categorically be up there with the best wide receivers in the league on his first season. My only other point, right? So if there was only us four in a fantasy NFL draft, are you saying that when you come to pick a tight end, that between us... One of us doesn't take it. Those four wouldn't be the four we take off the board. See, the thing is, you forget, James Aldrin, that last year I drafted Rob Gronkowski because when it comes to tight ends, I am an idiot. So I could be completely wrong with all of this Um, (laughs) instead of drafting Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or anyone like that. Um, I I just think if you were picking, if each of us could only pick one tight end in our NFL draft... Nobody is I picking like Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkins. Oh, but see the thing, right? And, and every everybody knows this down. I think there would be some benefits in picking up Mark Andrews. Yes, I understand he plays for the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> and yes, I still think that's true. That's kind um, of what I wanted to force you to say, James. Thank yes, you. thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I, I, I just be, if I look at the drafts that I've been involved in, Kyle Pitts goes. He's generally. I think the fourth tight end that goes, but you have Kelsey round one. Oh, I, I, I'm uh, not saying that you pick him Waller up and Kittle, Yeah, Waller and Kittle round two, and then Pitts goes, depending on when someone pulls the trigger on him, goes, you know, round five. Yeah, I, I just think, I, I think we just talked about receivers that catch fire. Mm. I think he's become an amazing. And I just think you look at the relationship that, that Matt Ryan built with Julio Jones from the offset, you know, Julio take Julio Jones rookie season and think you've now got a guy as talented playing a better position in terms of being able to get open across the middle of the field and catch the ball and be the focal point of this new offense that they're going to have to make. So I just think, I don't that's want to bang on about it, but I think the guy is amazing. Yeah. I think the guy is amazing, but that's an awful lot of pressure to be putting on a first-year player. What to and pick him fourth in a fantasy draft? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, in terms of no, in terms of what Aldrin's talking about, in terms of him being the focal point for this new Atlanta Falcons offense, that is an awful lot of yeah, pressure. I think you're watching in Florida though, and and he thrived on that. Yeah. That's why the guy went number four is because they went, you're the focal point of our attack. And he went, okay, just throw me the ball all the time. And, and also we, we don't consider it enough this way round, no. right? You, you said to me earlier, JB, I think to all of us earlier, that a tight end is a rookie quarterback's best friend. 
Well, I'll tell you what a rookie tight end's best friend is, a future Hall of Fame quarterback still in the peak of his career, having you yeah. as one of his signatures. Because only him and Calvin Ridley. I mean, you know, we've talked about deep receiver rooms. Well, the Falcons aren't one of them. I don't know. I mean, I, Russell Gage as well. I think he, he, oh, he pass. last year for them. Pass. And he'll improve. Pass. I, I just, I just see a, I just think carpet again. I, I think we're splitting hairs. I think if you have him fourth and a distant fourth, and me and Aldrin have him fourth, but a hell of a lot closer to the top three, I can maybe live with that. So let's get into the middle ground um, and who you see as the value picks before we do true sleepers. So if you miss out on those top four, who would you be picking next, guys? Logan Thomas is yeah. the guy that I'd go for. Like okay. Phil said earlier, I think he's a really good shout. I, I really like him improving year on year and becoming really good. Yeah, but I think last year was his breakout year and you're counting on him performing the same in a situation where he is a he's a player making a transition from one role to another. And yeah. we, we've already, obviously we haven't talked about news, but obviously there was another player who tried to make that transition that got released this week because it didn't go so well for them. Um, yeah. I think, is it, I think Phil kind of made mention earlier of Tua having a good season and it leading in as I can, I think Mike Gizeki, Gizeki, yeah, is someone that's worth a good shout. I mean, the only weird thing, I mean, I was going to say Gusecki. The only weird thing about Gusecki is they don't really use him as a tight end that often, do they? I mean, he, no, he's kind of almost yeah. like a slot receiver who he's not like a red zone threat, is he? That's yeah, the thing about Gusecki, though, is he's, he's got that great reach, hasn't he? And he's, he's a bit more slender and a bit more athletic. I'd go Gusecki. I mean, but I mean, let's not forget, average tight ends do not score many points in fantasy football. You know, you, you need somebody to at least give you a shout. See, I like Gusecki and Andrews. Um, anyone also, else? Before? Oh, go on. Sorry, just one one more to throw out, and I don't know if this is I don't know if this is going to class as sleepers or not. But I'm curious to see what Hunter Henry does. I can tell I you think, already, it'll be nothing. See, but he's <laughs> going. You, you've got that Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel offense that loves tight ends, and they've got a pair of really good tight ends, and. It's going to be. Think, it'll be interesting again because we we are we are assuming that they go with with Cam at the moment and Cam's not looking too good. But again, if they go with Mac Jones, we again walk back into that rookie quarterback's best friend kind of territory. I mean, the thing with him is though, and this is the thing. He's he's got so much potential, but I just don't think he'll ever achieve it. I mean, he's injured again, and he's going to miss weeks of the season, and I just think. I don't know. I I just don't see it. I, I think he, he took a lot of money and I think he would have been better off staying where he was and building a rapport with Herbert, was my view. I think in that situation, um, uh, what's the what's the other tight ends? Johnny, Johnny Smith. Smith, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's the red zone threat, right? He's much bigger, much more powerful. I think he's the red zone threat. So I think Henry's more of a field stretcher. But Again, if he's not only- on the field, it's no help. The only thing is, I mean, the only team really that I can think of in recent NFL history who have made two tight ends work is the Patriots. So I go yeah. back to JB's first point. I mean, if anyone can do it, the Patriots can do it. Both of these guys have cost big money. So you've, you've got to imagine there is a plan for them to work differently at tight end. Um, I mean, my only thing with it is, is we're not talking about real life here. We're talking about if I want to get fantasy points, then yeah. as you mentioned, tight ends that 
are average don't get you any points. I just think if Jono Smith takes all the red zone threat, I don't know where you end up. Fancy points with Henry. I mean, I mean, let's do this then. So I think I think I'd probably have him behind maybe a Noah Fant. I think yeah. I'd probably put Fant ahead. And is there anyone else? I mean, we mentioned T.J. Hawkins. I mean. Again, I mean, I've no idea how good he is. He's flashed, hasn't he? But I don't feel Detroit is a great situation for him. So is there a genuine sleeper out there? I mean, these... Jared Cook, I think, this year, maybe. I love Jared Cook, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good situation for him. I think at the Chargers, he's going to do really well. Again, just because Herbert's going to get you points. He's going to put the ball in his hands in the red zone. So, yeah, I like him. I don't know. The thing with tight end is I, I never really feel like you went, you really have those kind of sleepers purely because, like you say, mm. average ones get you nothing. You know, it's great. You know, if they're just blockers, this is why those kind of elite four guys stand so far apart, I think, because you go down the list after that and then points are few and far between in fantasy terms. JB, honourable mentions from you? I think we've kind of covered everybody, really, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, the only one I'd throw out there, and it, it's, it's an odd one because it's the reverse of the Patriots situation. You've obviously had Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett sharing the workload in LA. I wonder with Higby now, obviously still with the Rams and Everett's Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. You wonder if either of them could flash, but yeah, maybe. I, th- I think tight end in fantasy terms is probably not where all the action is, is it? Unless you can get a Kelsey or similar, but, um, but yeah, I think we've done, done the, uh, done, uh, done the position justice. I can't think of any, is it, is it worth talking Tebow now? There is an element of me that must be honest that if Tebow had ended up on the roster, I could have absolutely seen myself spending a latter draft pick on Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they hadn't cut him, he would have been been in that top four conversation we've just had, right? The weird thing about Tebow, right, is for all the unlikely things about that story and him being an NFL tight end, I struggle to believe that there are what? If we imagine 32 teams, each with two potential starters at the position... Are we honestly saying there are 64 players who play tight end better than Tim T? But maybe I'm just devaluing the tight end position. No, I, I think, think it as well. Go on, sorry, James. It depends on what we're talking about in terms of the what you use the tight end position for. You, we, when we were talking about Kiseki, we said he's used more as a slot receiver than a standard tight end. This mm. was the argument with Jimmy Graham, wasn't it? That he wanted to be paid yeah. like a receiver on the, on the um, tag rather than as a tight end. If you are looking for your tight end to be that all-around player, and we hail Rob Gronkowski as the example of everything that a tight end should be. He can catch, he can block, he's great in the red zone, he's, he's kind of everything that you would want a, a tight end to be. If you are looking for that contribution from Tim Tebow, as was shown in the preseason, you're not going to get it, because that guy can't block, is a fact. However... You have to believe that of the minds that exist at the coaching level in the NFL, your Andy Reid, your Kyle Shanahan's, your Sean McVay's, we're saying that there's someone there that couldn't take a guy like Tebow and say, like, I can 
accentuate your positives to a degree that you will provide value to this team. I think with Tebow, the only real expectation anybody had for him to make that team was to be a bit of a gadget player like Taysom Hill. And maybe that was, that was kind of ill thought out because from the look of the preseason game, he was there literally as a stand-up tight end, you know, as a, as a, as a tight end, a, a, a regular tight end of the position. So I think, you know, realistically, if everybody knew that up front, I don't think anybody would have thought that Tebow would have made the team. I think it may, it would have made them a unique uh, proposition, you know, such as, as the Saints are with having Taysom Hill there. But, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's not got that quarterback skill set anymore. I mean, obviously, you know, it's arguable if he did at the time he left the league because, you know, he bounced around the Patriots and the Eagles and the Jets, as an example. Um, but it's a shame, really, you know, the, he had like the top five jersey sales, I think, on um, on Fanatics, on the NFL shop um, when he signed. So it just goes to show, you know, even now the level of popularity it had. And I think there's, you know, there are a lot of people that are patting themselves on the back for saying it would never work out. But I think there's also a great deal of people, amount of people that are disappointed that it's not worked out for a guy who, who's, you know, reasonably universally popular. I mean, I think that there's a, the, I mean, only we could end a podcast about fantasy football talking at length about a player who is not available to select in fantasy football. But the, the real pity for me with Tebow comes from his decision. I think it was when he joined the Jets and he was offered the opportunity to go and play for the Jacksonville Jaguars at a time where the Jaguars were very much prepared to build around him, you know, and, and like, like you say, JB, um, accentuate the positives as it were. And he believed, you know, that he was, I, th- I think, was Mark Sanchez the incumbent? And they had that odd year where they kind of yeah. split snaps and, and did weird things. But he believed he was a better quarterback than Sanchez and, and probably was. But the thing about quarterback is you've got to have somebody who builds a team around you, haven't you? And, and like you say, who would want a gadget-style quarterback as a backup quarterback? You know, look at the Cardinals. I mean, we've got Kyler Murray. And then we've got Colt McCoy, you know, because ultimately your backup quarterback needs to be somebody who's steady, someone with a balanced skill set, somebody who will be able to operate without a lot of practice snaps and so on. And it, it, it's just such a pity because you, you made a comment earlier, JB, uh, regarding Ben Roethlisberger about if there are alternate universes. I mean, let's hope somewhere there is an alternate universe where, you know, Tim Tebow had the career I think so many people wanted him to have. Um, and good for him for keeping going, keeping put. Because, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not sure it's an embarrassment to be released from an NFL team as a tight end, but he keeps putting himself out there, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and nice that Jimmy Graham, um, as, as part of that conversation, also got the briefest of mentions. I think um, <laughs> the fact that he's still knocking around is, is you know, there you go. There's a final sleeper maybe of our podcast, but, but brief is definitely the nature of it. I'm almost disappointed that, that Jimmy Graham's still playing on another year because that would have been almost the greatest finish to a career, wouldn't it? He scored a – was it in the playoff game he scored it a touchdown? Touchdown and walked down, down the tunnel, the yeah. <laughs> I mean oh, – oh, Just, just while, also, just while we're talking about just fitting things and everything like that, is everyone aware of the fact that we've been talking about fantasy football and sleeper players and everything like that? We haven't at any point mentioned Russell Wilson. When we were talking yeah. about quarterbacks, no one mentioned him. I yeah, but I mean, there are – there are, you know, DK Metcalf as a wide receiver we didn't mention, you know, and he was fairly dominant last year. There's a lot of guys 
I, I understand there's a lot of guys that we haven't mentioned, but Russell Wilson feels like someone that we should have definitely yeah. talked about. I think it's fine. You, you guys mentioned Dak Prescott going at six. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at my list. I haven't got him going at six. His average draft position is higher than Russell Wilson. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. But based on what? Give me a source. Is this another podcast again? Well, no, I mean, you look at any of the any of the fantasy football apps, you know, NFL.com, Sleeper, etc., whatever you, you choose to use for your league. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure 99% of the time that Dax ADP is higher than Russell Wilson. That okay. is... That, that's a bombshell to end on, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like other shows do that better, but I think it probably is, right? <laughs> I think that if, if you are picking Dak Prescott ahead of... Russell Wilson in your fantasy league. I don't know. You should be doing lines right out a hundred times that you should never do that again. Um, but look, the, uh, the nice thing is, um, is not only have we given you all wonderful advice and insight as to what you should do in your own fantasy league. We are also concocting plans to try and create a fantasy league that you can all join. Keep an eye on our Twitter page and other social media output for details. But guys, we're only a, um, few weeks away from our fantasy league draft and the race is on to see who gets Daniel Jones and Ben Roethlisberger or <laughs> big news around here. Right. That um, is the bombshell to end. I mean, based, based on the discussion we had, I'm getting Ben Roethlisberger and you're getting Daniel Jones. So. <laughs> so, so let's just, no, let's be clear then. So in, in a fantasy league where I pick first, you pick second or vice versa, the first two picks for our league, we've agreed. We have a gentleman's agreement that our first pick would be Ben Roethlisberger. I don't, I don't think... Daniel Jones. I don't know necessarily that you, they need to be your first pick, but I think they need they to They have to be your first quarterback pick. Yeah, okay. I'm happy I, with I think we've just I'm... learned that no one else is picking them, JB. So I think... <laughs> yeah. I was going to a competition from Phil, all right? Good work. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, we'll come back and do it uh, in a week's time when hopefully we'll be reigniting the feature formerly known as Phil's Quiz of the Week, soon to be known as Phil's Infrequent Quiz. Phil's um, Quiz Quarterly, yeah. I think it's going to get <laughs> Phil's Quiz Quarterly is nice. I like that. I like that. That's That's got a certain ring to it. So, yeah, Phil's Quiz Quarterly returns. Um, and much more besides, we might have enough of the pre-season to start digging into uh, what what's who who's real and who's a pretender um, and all of those fun things that roll around uh, at this time of year. But thanks for your company, gentlemen. Um, let's come back and do it all again in a week's time. Cheers, Rob. Thanks everybody. great at blocking do we re um, redo that so rob can cut it potentially yeah yeah rob you know you just sneezed on mike right my mic's off no it's not no, it's not <laughs> so we'll it's not Thanks. How it's annoying. you're using your laptop sound then rob oh is that what's happening yeah. so clearly when it was all going wrong can you hear me well then yeah, yeah we can hear you fine mm. So JB, just cut all this admin out. Yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> or, leave, or leave it in. From Welcome your to Behind the Scenes with James. So what, what was the last bit that I said? <laughs> <laughs>